Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Start the show. Talk Recorded live. Hey, welcome to the American Liberties Wednesday night call. Today is uh, September. I mean, yeah, yeah September uh, 7th. And, uh, what year? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, 2016. Okay, and it's me. All right, and uh, I'm Chappie, and I usually host the call. And and uh, for the last couple of years, we've continually had my favorite guest, Dave Merlin, which is on tonight. But I wanted to bring up something that it keeps coming up, regardless of how much I we talk about it, and um, and so forth. I got an email that. Uh, you know, it talks about one guy says, you know, why argue Section 83? The statutes don't apply to me. You know, it's not even positive law. The citizens are sovereign. I'm not a 14th Amendment citizen. The code only applies to citizens and residents of the U.S. federal government and so forth. And I maintain he's absolutely right. In fact, that was the response to my email. I said, looking at it from his point of view, there is no disagreement as far as I'm concerned. He is absolutely right. I agree from the understanding I have this, and this is, I mean, excuse me, I agree from the understanding I have, and this is what I believe. We have a de facto government. There's no question about that. And there's, and there's no question the statutes do not apply to me in, in, in a number of reasons. The, uh, the Internal Revenue Code is not positive law. There's no argument. I'm not domiciled in D.C. I'm domiciled in Florida that has equal footing with the original 13 independent states of the Union. And and that's codified. But let me tell you something. So many people have gone to prison arguing all of those. And among other things, you know, the gold fringe flag and, and all that. And and this is what I'm saying. You can get into all these arguments and you can make a claim that you're not able to really prove. Oh, yeah, you can write some case law and all that. But... They they ignore it, and I don't know what part of that of all of this that some people do not want to understand. The guy that transmitted this email to me that I had a conversation with has been doing this for a couple of years now, and and you know he keeps bringing you know he keeps throwing stuff out there. Somebody refutes it. Or not, it doesn't even refute it. It just said, well, this, 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 this. And, and does what everybody else does. Ignore Section 83. Just ignore it, okay? And this is what I'm going to stand on. 
But let's let's talk about Section 83. Let's talk about how the courts, how case law has supported what Dave brings to the table regarding Section 83. And and as a matter of fact, for the I I think we have a couple new. Well, if we don't, we're going to. They're going to be listening through this uh, uh, United Games thing. I'm meeting new people. We're going to get fresh blood in here, and um, and it's going to be interesting. But the um, uh, I took this in front of the grand jury. Now, did I specifically stand on Section 83? No, I didn't. Was it part of my argument? Yes, it was. In all the issues that you will find in Dave Maryland's criminal complaint, issues A through whatever it ends at, H, I, J, K, whatever, it, you know, the first three or four main, you know, is in that about Section 83. And the grand jury had that in their hands. And I had asked the grand jury to, you know, to have have the IRS or the DOJ in this matter answer the stinking questions at the end of each of the issues. And if they can answer it, I promise to pay all taxes, penalties, and interests. But on the other hand, if they don't answer it and they keep you know, shucking away and doing what they do. I here's a list of Title 18 crimes that I want you to go after them for. One of us is is, is a criminal, and it ain't me. And so this is you know this is what I really want to plead to people is it's okay to learn that stuff if you want. It's good education, I guess. It's good brain exercise. And a lot of it is factually true, you know. And 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 I'm not going to attack the people that promote it because they they it's up to, they have the freedom to stand on their own two feet and believe what they want to believe in. And and in fact, I believe what they believe in, but I don't want to go to jail. So what am I going to do? I'm going to bring an argument that is not going to be ignored. Although they don't want to answer it, and they'll have to run away from it, but when you you go in front of a grand jury and you try to convince a grand jury that the codes don't apply to you, you try to convince a grand. I want you to try to convince yourself in the mirror and see if you don't laugh. You try to convince yourself or a grand jury that you're not a citizen of the United States. That that you uh, the gold fringe flag is a military flag. That um, uh, the IRC is not positive law. Oh, I'm do- I'm not domiciled. I'm not a federal. I'm not a part of that nation. I'm I'm a state Florida citizen or whatever state you're from. And see how far you get. And that's what they thought that I was going to do when I went in front of the grand jury. But, you know, I, I, I sometimes, when, when I'm against these people, uh, you know, when I built a pool for this multimillionaire, he built a fabulous pool, 
And and in my training, the growing up in the pool business, I got to design it. And when I got to design it, I got to talking with him, and and we became good good buddies. I wouldn't say friends, but good buddies. And and he was a diamond merchant out of New York. And one of the things that he told me, because he he saw me that I'm I'm you know I want to be in sales. I love sales, and I do, and I love interacting with people. He says, if you want to know if you ever been scam, act stupid and ask the questions that you already know the answer. Well, isn't that what lawyers do? They don't act stupid. A lot of them are, you know. But don't they always ask questions that they already know the answer? Because they want to see where you're coming from. And that's the thing to do. Make a statement, follow up with the question that you already know the answer. And then you can hammer them. And so with that being said, you know, again, please spread the word about wevgov.com. We're not here to sell you the moon. We're not here to sell you, you know, ice to an Eskimo. We want the facts. We want to stay in the box. And I don't personally, I don't mind going outside the box sometimes. I have fun with it. But but when when it's when I feel the pressure, then I'm coming back into the box because that's where that's where I'm protected by the four walls around me. If they can't if they can't come into my sandbox and play with me, then they can't come in. Period. And that's the way I want it. So now I want to introduce my longtime friend and my mentor and my educator on the subject of Title uh, 26, Section 83, among other things, parts of the code that you can find on the flash drive and in the the books that you can find at wevgov.com, Dave Merlin. And while he's talking, I'm going to be putting the link into the YouTube uh, video where I am discussing the happening at the grand jury back in 2007. Take it away, Dave. Thanks, Chris. Hi, everybody. Welcome again to the American Liberties Conference Call. My name is David Merlin. Nothing you'll hear me say is intended as legal advice. Anything that sounds like that to you, just consider something somebody else might do on a planet far, far away where the law matters. It doesn't matter here. I prove it on a daily basis. Believe it. If you're going to argue the federal zone, it only applies to places that the federal government has jurisdiction. Understand, I have a memorandum from a U.S. District Court chief judge from 1992 where he briefs against the claim, I'm a sovereign citizen from South Carolina, and uh, I'm an non-resident alien to federal jurisdiction. Those two arguments. And so unless you can write against a federal district chief judge, you have to be a fool to raise the argument. And so I do have a lot of bad things to say about the movement. 1992. How many years ago was that? Count with me. 24. 24 years ago, 
and people are still still so stupid they'll go non resident alien and they refuse to learn any other arguments. And I've always said when you lose all of your other arguments, aren't you even interested in having a couple more? Why'd you make the first ones in the first place? The government's gonna say, wrong citizen breath. You're not sovereign, and you're within an area that we can enforce the 16th Amendment in. What are you going to do now? You have to sit there and shut up, and they'll beat you up in front of the jury. He claims to live in another country, Your Honor. Can you believe that? Hey, you people of the jury, you have to pay taxes. You have to file tax returns. And this person says he doesn't have to because he lives in another country when we have all the records to prove he lives in Colorado or he lives in Kansas or wherever, whatever, the 50 states. And they're all going to look at that person and go, you got to be some kind of a moron, guilty. Why would you want to be in that position? That's the position these people peddle. The fact they peddle what they peddle proves to you It proves to me, and the more you know, the closer you'll come to this realization, they've never been to court. They couldn't brief an issue for a small claims court. They've never been up against a government attorney, and they don't even understand that when it comes to a criminal trial, especially under the tax code, the law has nothing to do with anything. Chris and I, uh, we know of a man who recently got out of prison. He was running an organization. And every month, that organization set out, sent out, uh, I don't know, 30 or 40 pages in a good month of articles about the IRS and the government and corruption and all that and the uh, to its uh, subscribers. And the subscribers would take that packet of information and take a highlighting marker, different colors, whatever, and highlight different places in these paragraphs in the articles and and uh, color the uh, drawings of public servants and uh, put it in, uh, like, you got September's articles that just came in the mail, and you'd color them and you'd read them and you'd put it in your binder for 2016. So in 2016 binder, you'd have Uh, 12 different packets of articles in plastic sleeves and a three-ring binder and a booklet for the year of 2016 that uh, describes uh, how uh, here's our take on the law and uh, we urge you to file at least a statement in lieu of tax return to let the government know that you think you've uh, fulfilled all your duties. And we have a stable of professionals from whom you can uh, purchase professional opinion letters and former accountants or accountants, former attorneys, whatever, a couple for former IRS agents, uh, IRS enrolled agents. Those are people that can uh, represent you at audits or in tax court. And you can purchase their professional opinion letters about the tax code to build your foundation to prove that you've done you uh, performed your due diligence to try to figure out your duties under the tax code and you've arrived at a certain place and this is what we do and, and we'll uh, supply you with articles every month and, uh, and tutorials, whatever. And when it came to trial, 
the government filed a motion to suppress. This guy had filed a, like a 70, 60 to 70 page statement in lieu of tax return every year for 20 years saying, if I'm wrong about this, please advise me so I can get in compliance. They never contradicted him one bit. And he had 20 years worth of materials from his uh, organization that had been mailed out to the clients. And he had a more than a dozen professional opinion letters from experts. And the government filed a motion to suppress all those. And at the hearing, uh, the government says, uh, well, we can't show this to the, can't show this to the jury because it proves that he's uh, innocent. And the judge says, oh, right, we can't show him that. And suppressed all the evidence. Can anybody hear me? They suppressed all the evidence that the government itself said proves he's innocent. And you're going to go in there with some argument that's going to make you look like a moron to the jury? That's what the anti-tax movement peddles. I spent an hour this morning going through a lengthy letter, 31-page PDF letter uh, about releasing federal tax liens by Dr. Ed Rivera. Many people, you probably heard of him. And it's really the first time I sat there and, um, and got into what he peddles. He doesn't have a clue. Not one clue. It was, I think it was page 14 before he even cited a tax statute. When you read my work, you can't get around it. I'm citing statute all the time, everywhere. And he only cited a couple cases in the whole 31-page letter. I'm citing case law everywhere. And then he says at the end of a couple, say, well, I've, I've proven that the federal tax lien only applies to those who've been asked to volunteer. You've got to spare me. Then you look at, at the other side, way over on my side of the, the learning curve. Section 83 explains how to tax all compensation for services. It's the owner's manual for a paycheck. The IRS, tax court, and circuit courts all say that Section 83 explains how to tax all compensation. It applies to all of it. Section 83 provides for the determination of what is to be included in gross income. And I'm the only one on the planet teaching it. I found it by reading the tax code, which allows me to say nobody else has even read the tax code, or they would have found Section 83. And what did I do when I find it, or when I found it? All these others, if they claim to have read the tax code, when they got to Section 83, they just ran right past it. When I found it, I went straight to the law library and looked up seven, maybe 70 cases about Section 83, and I found a bunch that says it explains, it explains how to tax compensation. So all these other people have to say, I never read the tax code. Or when I read the tax code, I ran right by the statute called property transferred in connection with the performance of services. How do you do that? 
and they got websites, curriculums, and they're out there to risk your marriage and mortgage and your uh, your livelihood, your job, your reputation, your car, your bank account, just so they could sell you a course when they're utterly derelict from the word go. And if they did find Section 83 and ran right past it, they can't call themselves an analyst or a researcher. The moment I read it, the first sentence in tax code section 83A, I said, if this applies to me, it's not being enforced. I shut down my word processor and went right to the University of Washington Law Library and looked up 70 or 80 cases under section 83 and read them. And what did everybody else on the planet do? They ran right past it. And they're the ones going, don't bother me with the tax code. Statutes don't apply to me. I'm sovereign citizen. Wow. Wow. And this is what I'm up against. And they'll, they'll be the first to, in that email to Chris. This person says, uh, and that website you referred me to, uh, looks like they're just out there, like everybody else, trying to sell you something. And so they glanced at what I've been able to do to the IRS using just the tax code, and shelved it. They didn't have one moment for it because they're convinced the tax code doesn't apply to them, even if they were correct. You have to, be, you have to write better than how many district court judges and appellate judges and Supreme Court justices because of how many cases that have been decided against all these arguments already? And the reason I argue what I argue is because everything else is interpretation. I argue statute only. And the Constitution is such, worded so broadly that every argument you raise about federal jurisdiction, a long time ago, these arguments were set aside. I got a 1992 memorandum from a district court chief judge. He briefed his way out of the argument. He didn't just say frivolous and penalize the people. He wrote a memorandum. And if you can't write better than that, you got no business making the argument. However, they can't make their way out of Section 83A. And when you can point right at a statute that they say explains whether or not they even have a job, if all you've made is the value of your labor, when they can't talk about that statute, forget the language of the statute at this point, you can walk right into the traverse, which is, well, if you can't even talk about the language of the statute that explains whether or not I've ever owed a tax, then it's void for vagueness. The law is vague or highly debatable. And so it's unenforceable. Tax statutes have to be understandable. And you have statutes here you can't even speak of at the same time and in the same breath you say they explain whether or not I even have gross income to begin with. The more you study, the more you'll come to appreciate that that particular argument, because it's based on one statute that is universally applicable and which governs when you argue a statute that is indispensable and they can't deny it you then 
have the right to presume. Well, I presume then that you're uh, stealing from me. This is extortion and racketeering. Because you can't even deny, you deprive me of Section 83 just to put my paycheck in gross income so you could tax it. Because Section 83 doesn't say the whole paycheck's gross income. It says only the excess over the amount paid is gross income. And the amount paid is defined as the value of any money or property that I paid for that paycheck. My labor is my property. Any property means all property. I paid labor for that paycheck. Its value is all I received.
And further, and furthermore, okay, I got knocked off the internet for some reason. Let me see if I can get Dave back. Hold on. All right, we're back on the air. Let's just, uh, we're still recording, I guess. And uh, So if, if someone is facing a criminal investigation uh, in the future or it's already commenced, or if the Department of Justice is thinking of bringing a grand jury proceeding against somebody, Chris and I have used my take on the tax code to educate the the person the government wants to put in prison, they start wielding my materials, my briefing of the tax code, and we've seen criminal investigations shut down. We've seen grand jury proceedings shut down. No indictment. They'll still go out and get your money because the law doesn't matter, but a jury does matter. And the jury will be instructed in any tax proceeding that if you have a good faith misunderstanding of the law, even if it's unrealistic, or what's the word they use, even if it's unreasonable, you're still not willful. You don't have the intent to break the law because you thought you understood the law and you thought that you, you fulfilled all your duties under the law. That's somebody that's not willful. And the name of the offense is willful tax evasion or willful failure to file. And when you're not willful, you're not guilty. And so if they know the jury is going to be instructed like that, and you come along with a great education in a couple of statutory issues that we've already proven, they can't even talk, they can't even address them. You now fit into that classification of somebody who has a good faith misunderstanding of the law. They can't prove that it is a misunderstanding. They can't even debate you on it. It is an understanding. They don't deny a word of it. And that's the category that uh, you'll fit into once you have the first two arguments under your belt. These two arguments are on the federal income taxation page of wevgov.com. The first argument, the two arguments are the two questions that are the biggest ones ever asked about the tax code. Number one, how does it apply to Americans or citizens of the United States, as they call us? And number two, does the tax code impose a tax on the value of my labor? Why do I owe an income tax on my compensation? Those two questions are answered by the two arguments on the federal income taxation page of wevgov.com. First, Social Security has never applied to citizens of the United States. So that 86 is um, chapters 2, 21, and 23, leaving just chapter 1. And there is no statute in chapter 1 that says citizens of the United States owe this tax. So they wrote a regulation that says it for them. You can't do that. The 16th Amendment says the Congress has the uh, authority to lay and collect an income tax. It has to be a statute. So this is a violation of the 16th Amendment because it's an administrative regulation. It's not a statute. That's how the tax code applied to Americans. 
And number two, does it impose a tax on the value of my labor? No. Section 83A says only the excess over the amount paid is gross income. And it defines the amount paid in regulation as the value of any money or property paid for it. So the value of my labor is an amount paid. And only the excess over the amount paid is gross income. Checkmate. So I've answered the two biggest questions about the tax code using just statutes. In two arguments, fully briefed them so you don't have to write another memorandum. I've already written a criminal complaint for racketeering and extortion and conspiracy against rights. And so you don't have to write another criminal complaint. I served that criminal complaint New Year's of 06 on 80 members of Congress. And so you join that complaint through our office. You join the complaint as a similarly situated witness and or victim of those crimes. And you then can wield as your own complaint the complaint that I filed, which is supported by a 58-page memorandum. Page 25 through 35 of that memorandum is my briefing of Section 83. So once you're a part of that complaint as a co-complainant, you start serving that on anybody that says you own income tax on the value of your labor. And suddenly you've greatly reduced, if not altogether vanquished, the possibilities or likelihood that in the future you'll be indicted. That's all I do right there. I try to keep people out of prison. Chris and I have used this. Chris was the first beneficiary of this particular dynamic. He went before the grand jury, filed the the criminal complaint with the judge and with the grand jury foreperson, and never heard from them again on the criminal side. They'll still get your money because you don't have a jury involved in a lien or levy. A jury's involved in a criminal proceeding. And so a jury still matters. But if there's no jury in the mix, nothing matters. And these people are still out there going, yeah, it doesn't apply to me. I'm a non-resident alien. And if you probe, you'll find a bunch of these people that are being leaned and levied into poverty and they can't defend themselves. And if you want to live like that, I'd rather be driven into poverty and be correct than have to learn another argument. Well, you must be one of those stupid, dumb bastards in the anti-tax movement. They're settling for nothing. Because that's exactly what they have. They have no defenses that mean anything. They don't know how to act. They don't know their foe. They have no idea about the the realities of U.S. district court and tax charges and criminal prosecution and the ramifications on your family, your livelihood, your spouse, your marriage, your mortgage, your future opportunities. And they'll be the first ones to gamble with all of your future for the sake of being a non-resident alien so that you don't have to learn any other argument. So I'm not as nice to these people as Chris is. Sandra Cote, 2013, died of a a ruptured heart pending her trial for tax evasion. 2000, or let me see, 1993, Christine York died of a massive stroke. 30 days after her digestive tract went into paralysis, 
due to stress caused by being leaned and levied into poverty for filing 1040 NRs. Dick Simkinen, I think he was out of Arizona, a small manufacturer, and he decided to stop withholding from his employees, was prosecuted, sent to prison, finally got out of prison and blew his probation and got put back in prison where he died of a heart attack. People die. And it's the anti-tax movement leading the charge. And so I'm not nice to those people. And when I can go through Dr. Ed Rivera's paperwork and just trash easily his entire line of reasoning, Pete Hendrickson's website, bingo, piece of cake. He doesn't know, he doesn't have one clue. And I go down the list, Bill Thornton, um, uh, Mike Van Hooser. Um, uh, let's see, Paymon Matajeta is an exception to this. He knows his limitations. And he really doesn't claim much, but he can't do. He, he got his education from... Uh, uh, being a Persian interpreter in the L.A. court system for several years, so he learned procedure directly from attorneys. And he's a responsible litigant. So I'm not talking about Paymon Mataheta. Um, and that's the Freedom Law School. I'm not talking about Paul Mitchell. Uh, he was uh, a consultant for the Coast Guard in uh, litigation for several years. He knows what he's doing. But as far as the anti-tax movement goes and these uh, non-resident alien aficionados, uh, they don't have a clue. Anybody that says, oh, this is by contract, you agreed to pay them. How does Section 83 operate in your conclusion? There's a tax I can volunteer into. Just that one argument pulls the carpet right out from underneath everybody and their theories. Howard Griswold, uh, income taxes collected through voluntary compliance. Prove it's a tax. You have to start in Section 83 to do that. He's never heard of Section 83. Adele Weiss, pay me $5,000, and I'll write documents you can file in tax court, and tax court will issue one of these. It's a court order dismissed for lack of jurisdiction. Well, I got news for you. In tax court, you're the plaintiff. If it's dismissed for lack of jurisdiction, it means because you didn't invoke the jurisdiction of the court and you just blew your last opportunity to challenge the IRS. If they sued you and it was dismissed for lack of jurisdiction, that's an entirely different story. But in tax court, you're the plaintiff. And so when you don't file a proper petition and when you don't file or don't pay the filing fee, tax court has no jurisdiction. And that's what Adele Weiss says you ought to do, is file these documents instead of a proper petition and don't pay the filing fee because it gives them jurisdiction. Well, if you're going to petition that court in the first place, you hopefully will petition a court that has jurisdiction to determine that the IRS is without authority or they're wrong to some degree, any or all. And so... On his website, he claims to have gotten more than 100 of those for people at $5,000 a pop. How many dollars? That's $500,000 worth of services he's provided. 
and the only service was to kill everyone's last opportunity to challenge the IRS's determination. And so he made a half a million dollars himself, and he finalized the determination by the IRS of, let's say, each one of those 100 people owed $14,000. It was probably way more than that. How much money did he just make for the government? 14000 times 100. That's $1.4 million plus interest that he just made the government. Why? When I can just cruise right through what most of the anti-tax movement does and brand it rightfully as trivia at best and outright fraud at worst, why would I listen for one moment to anybody spouting any of that? When they're spouting it, proves to me they've never been to court, they don't know how much of an adversary the judge is, they don't know their foe, they don't know the goings-on in federal litigation, civil or criminal, they can't write a pleading to save their life, they couldn't sue in small claims court. Why? Oh, because nothing applies to me. Nothing applies to me. No, uh uh-uh. I'm not corporate. I'm sui juris to the third power. you got to be kidding. So, no, I'm not as nice as Chris is to those people. And uh, I I was nice to them for way too long. It got me nowhere and won me nobody. Nobody's interested in learning the law. they got one argument, and that's the end of it. They aren't interested in other arguments. And how badly it screws their entire family, I can't tell you. They've chosen ignorance of the law. And so they're not really Americans. They'll never make a difference. They'll never solve a problem. They got their own little shell. And uh, the shell is made of something the government can come along and crack anytime they want. And these people go down. So, no, I'm not nice to them. Hey, Dave, I want to interrupt a second the, uh, because um, I want to get off uh, by 8 o'clock. But somebody just wrote in the chat, what does Section 83 have to do with the tax? Why is it even an argument in Dave's opinion? Then the guy writes, it kind of explains it on the website. And the other guy, says, 12, says, does it really? And Jeff, uh, Jeffrey12534 says, not really. And I say, yes, it does. Uh, well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. On my YouTube channel, instead of having to read it as you do on the website, you go to the left-hand column on my website at the top of the page. It says YouTube 2. Click on YouTube 2, and you'll see a tutorial, two and a half hours long, about Section 83. Watch the tutorial. Now, the first question, why is Section 83 important? Because the courts and the IRS and tax court, all of them say, this is the statute that explains how to tax you. Well, okay, let's look at the explanation. It's the owner's manual for my paycheck. It tells the government, it tells the IRS, it tells tax court, it tells everybody, this is how to tax compensation. And they don't apply it. They don't train on it. They won't talk about it. You can't have it. 
at the same time they tell you you're entitled to a clear explanation of all the laws. And they're lying because Section 83 contains protections. It says only the excess over the amount paid is gross income. And if an amount is not gross income, it does not go on a Form 1040. That's why it's so important is because a Form 1040 is for reporting gross income. And so if you don't start in Section 83, you lose Section 83. And that's what the government does. It puts everything in 61A, gross income, for starters. It makes you fight for it. And the moment you mention Section 83, they rail against you. You can't have it. That's why it's so important is because, like it or not, everybody, the government and us, it applies to all compensation for services, even a federal public servant has to comply with Section 83 when they do their own tax return, but they don't know about it, and so they lose too. Everybody that receives compensation, regardless of who they are at whatever job for whatever employer or for whatever customer or client, everybody that receives compensation is subject to the terms of Section 83. That's how important it is, and that's what you didn't pick up on from what was on the website itself. Uh, it's reading material. I'm not going to put the whole thing for free on the web. I have a book about Section 83. If you go to the products page of the, uh, the website, Codebreaker, the Section 83 Equation, a manual I wrote in 1994. In 2014, I added 30 pages to it and published it, and it's for sale on the website. Get that book about Section 83, and then you'll know everything about Section 83 there is to know. Section 83A. I'm the only one that teaches it, and I didn't put anything in that manual that you don't need to know, and there's nothing you can write about Section 83 that I haven't already written. It's right in that book. That's how vital this statute is. They're stealing. They deprive you of Section 83 to impose a different standard of cost than as provided by law. Under the law, all property is a cost. Under the IRS, no, labor's not a cost. Your whole paycheck is profit. That's the difference. Can you hear me now? Yep. And okay. um and and one guy says um let me see. Uh, okay. Uh, 12, look, you, uh, you're going to bring up Lost Horizon, the misunderstanding of Section 83. And I understand you're, you're, uh, uh, you're promoting, uh, what's his name? But, or defending, or defending Pete Hendrickson. Yeah, or defending. Uh, okay, go ahead. Hang on. Uh, on his website, you'll find a page that says, well, we got to do what Congress says, and we got to use the the escape hatch that Congress provided for to get out of uh, out of the statement that somebody said that you're receiving a federal privilege. Well, how come you have to go with Congress there, but you can ignore Section 83? Why is that? Because uh, Jay Leno wrote Section 83. Is it because Beyonce wrote Section 83? Congress wrote Section 83. And Henderson dismisses it as gibberish. I got all these court cases that say he's wrong. It explains how to tax you. The IRS says so. 
And so here's somebody that dismisses as gibberish the statute that explains how to tax you and goes on to say, if you get caught up in that gibberish, you'll never understand the true nature of the tax. How does Section 83 operate in your conclusion? It's a tax. He's not an analyst. He's not a researcher. He has no appreciation for the maxims of law that you need to understand to interpret statute. He, does, he isn't familiar with the canons of statutory interpretation to do that. It's right on his website. But you've got to obey Congress. Well, how come Section 83 is not good enough? It's Congress. Oh, because I'm Pete Hendrickson. He's an idiot. And he's gotten more people leaned and levied than anybody in history. And we help many of more, them not go to jail, too. Yeah, may, maybe even more than Irwin Schiff. And they get leaned and levied into poverty because the government has two and a half years to challenge a tax return. And here's what Pete Henderson's book, his book accomplishes this for the IRS. They always have people to go after, and the DOJ always has people they can throw in prison because everybody is allowed to buy Pete Hendrickson's book. Some people, the IRS and DOJ, don't get to, and they think they've won a victory. All they are is down the list too far to reach right now. But any time, the IRS would be justified, in the eyes of Congress anyway, to say, you know, we got a lot of people doing this particular style of return. We need to go after them. We need to hire a 1,000 new agents. And one day, Congress is going to say, okay, here's the check. Go hire those people and uh, bust those fighters. There. It, you're, that, you're that close or that far from being hammered. I've seen it, and I've seen it, and I've seen it. On a previous call, I said, I've seen it five times. And the person that was that's a fan of Pete Hendrickson said, just because five people it happened to doesn't mean it, it's a big old thing. I didn't say five people it happened to. Five people have come out with a product that got thousands of people to follow them. And those thousands of people got in trouble five times. It's an investment by the government in the patriot movement. When they see somebody come forward with a process or a book like Lynn Meredith's book, uh, How to Cook a Vulture, Vulture and Eagle's Clothing, or two books, they let a bunch of people slide and give them refunds. And then in two and a half years, they go back, challenge those returns, and hammer these people with liens and levies, penalties and interests, and they are all levied into poverty. I've seen that process executed five times. The government makes money, penalties and interests. By sitting on its ass, waiting two and a half years for all that money to accrue, and then they go and they corral everybody and slaughter them. I've seen that happen five times, not just to five people. I've been in this 28 years, not just five people. I've seen five, quote-unquote, authors cause this kind of damage over time since 1992. Glenn Ambert was the first. Christine York was his victim. She filed 1040NRs and died of a massive stroke because of the destruction of her lifestyle through frivolous filing penalties. Al Carter, Erwin Schiff, Lynn Meredith, Pete Hendrickson, uh, Eddie Kane, Larkin Rose, all that damage. And it's an investment the government makes when they let you believe you actually got one over on them. And so 
I can see the big picture, and Pete Hendrickson is lost in his roll of toilet paper called Crack on the Code. So I haven't seen five people suffer this. I've seen five people write a course, curriculum, a book, whatever, that got thousands and thousands, untold thousands of people in trouble with the government. So that's why I'm not nice to the anti-tax movement. Dave, I got to say, go ahead. I got We got to end it, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, Pete Hendrickson says, uh, you're exercising a federal privilege. Well, so what? Even those exercising a federal privilege, Section 83 explains how to tax compensation for services. How does Section 83 operate in your conclusion that somebody who's exercising a federal privilege owes an income tax on their compensation? You miss the foundation of how the law operates when you don't know Section 83. And it leads you to all these conclusions, bizarre, strange-sounding theories that don't mean a thing, especially Pete Hendrickson. You're exercising a federal privilege, so you owe the money. How does Section 83 operate in your conclusion? I owe the money. Privilege or not. And so it doesn't move me. I've been in this 28 years, and for exactly none of those years have I been a participant in what the movement teaches. None of them. And all I've seen is a line of people going to prison. Some of them die. Early Schiff died in prison. He, what did he do, two or three tours in federal prison? Wrote his books in prison? You want to be famous for writing your books about the IRS in prison? No? Well, then don't do it. And I'm out here going, don't do that. You go to prison. And I hear a year later, oh, somebody went to prison. Well, I told him, you know, you can't talk to him. So I'm not as nice to these people as Chris is. Maybe a question or two, Chris? Yeah, well, there's, a, there's just some comments that we don't have time to go over. But, you know, if you disagree with what Dave is saying about Section 83, don't just disagree because, oh, it doesn't sound right, or, oh, it's this or that. Bring some facts and evidence. He gives all the case law, all the, you know, all the court documents that say that section about Section 83 that supports what David says. But just, just so a just second. Don't, well, since, well, let, let me finish. No, so just no, 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 uh, no. Since, since, I'm, since I'm using just statute and case law, you're not disagreeing with me. You're disagreeing with the Supreme Court that says, here's what fair market value of property is. You're disagreeing with the circuit courts that say it doesn't apply. And if you disagree with them, there's no helping them helping you. But if you don't disagree with them and you disagree with my interpretation, you owe me a contrary interpretation. Yeah. So what's your interpretation of Section 83? Get into it. Yep. And the guy, well, the guy had left, so he couldn't handle the truth. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. <laughs> Anyhow, we got to go, folks. And uh, God bless America. I wish I could take more of these questions and everything. Uh, there isn't really that that many. It was mostly uh, 14 and 12 that had uh, had some issues. But um, but um, God bless America, and this call is officially over. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
the laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.